Good morning. Good, Good afternoon. Morning. Afternoon. I know what I don't time know what is it is. What happened to your neck? Oh, did you have to point it out, really? I was trying to cover it up with my hair. I got a big old pimple on my neck. Like, it's on the neck? huge. It's weird. Yeah. Okay. That don't, is a weird one. Don't talk about it. Maybe it'll go away. The ones <laughs> no, that, I wish it worked that the, way. The ones that hurt are when they get in your nose. Or your oh, ear. Oh, those hurt. Oh. Um, well, you look beautiful. Uh, <laughs> you look a little Christmassy. I don't know what's going uh, on here. Well, my red pants, I was feeling very Valentine's-ish. Oh, that's what it is. I mean, it's coming up. Yes, it is. It's just, up. just reminding you, Steve Trevino, Valentine's Day is like two weeks away. Two weeks away. Yes, Valentine's Day. We are um, going to do nothing again. Well, no. <laughs> yeah. okay. The guest house is my Valentine's present. Yes. Yeah, that's what I figured. The tile in the guest house is my Valentine's present. Um, but you look fantastic as Thank always. Thank you. It felt good to like get dressed today. It was nice to have a lazy morning because of... The cold weather here. Yeah, we are uh, we are frozen in here in Texas right now, and and we are the kids were school was canceled yesterday. I, you know, it was nice. We did nothing. Well, yesterday, it, yesterday the kids Garrett didn't have school. It was like a teacher holiday anyway, and then the ice today. So it's like been a long weekend. It is really nice. Well, and not only that, last week Garrett was sick with strep and was not able to go to school. So that kids literally had. Um, it will end up being like a week of no school for him. A week of no school. And he was all excited. He's like, if school gets canceled tomorrow, I haven't been to school forever. <laughs> but we're still making him do, you know, um, they have this thing called, uh, what's it called? He does Imagine Math. And it's like an app that the school uses. So yep. there's, there's educational games. So I, I did read the comments. And, and yes, people, most people prefer just me and you. Which, which is very flattering. Um, <laughs> I know. Although, did you see the one comment? I don't read all the comments, but I feel like I always see the really good ones. And there was one that was like, this is the first time I found this and I feel like I killed brain cells watching. Oh yeah, somebody <laughs> definitely was like, yeah. <laughs> well, which, which I don't, Glad I, you found us. Well, but I don't understand like, like the, the energy people have to shit on things. To take the time to write a negative comment, like yeah, to like, even put that in the universe, just like move I, on. Because I think that because of the internet uh-huh. and these keyboard cowboys, as I call them, yes, people people are very grandiose, and people think. What do you mean they're grandiose? Well, they think that? that 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 they're so important that their opinion their that, their opinion is so relevant yeah their opinion is so oh i have to let people know that you're going to kill brain cells watching this <laughs> like i better let people know <laughs> i better let all the smart people like me know yeah right and and to me if i don't like something i just move on yeah like i don't have the energy to try something not like it and then go yeah let me tell everybody why I don't like this. Really? Because I'm pretty sure I don't remember who you were arguing with on the phone last week, but you're like, I'm going to write a Google review. No, that's different. <laughs> that is different. Okay, explain. I, because I want to let oh, people know because of my, you know, my awareness, uh-huh. I know what to do and what to expect. So that's different when you leave when a review. When it's customer service? When it's customer service and you okay. go, hey, I don't want other people that don't know to get taken advantage of. Right. Right? So my truck that I love ended up, I, I blew the transmission on it. And it, so that I don't have to take it all the way to Aztec Chevrolet, I took it to this place called Frank's Automotives here in, in New Braunfels. Yeah. And I used to get little things done there um, here and there. And the customer service has been good or whatever. But I, I took it in and the guy calls me back and he goes, 
well, here's the price. And I go, no, because I had already priced it with Aztec. Right. Right. And I knew how much the transmission cost. And I go, wait a minute. I go, you're charging me $2,000 more than Aztec Chevrolet? I go, why? And he goes, well, the transmission is X dollars. And I go, no, the transmission is this much. So then he goes, well, how do you know that? First of all, he goes, how do you know that? And I go, I know that because I have friends at a dealership. I know how much that costs. I go, so why is my transmission $1,200 more than he was? Well, I got to make a little money. I go, that's not a little money. That's a lot of money. Yeah. So if, if you are somebody that, and that wasn't the, that wasn't like the labor and the time. No, cost. That, that was, was just, just the markup on the actual, price. just the markup on the transmission was $1,200. And I'm like, if I don't know any better, if you're me, you pay it. You're you like, just go, well, that's what it costs. Right. But that's not. And by the way, if they want to make a few hundred dollars, okay. Right. You went to pick it up. Industry standard. You, you had an employee have to go pick it up or, or it gets to whatever the case may be. You made yeah. the call. You went and got it for me. I get it. Yeah. But $1,200 extra. Well, Steve Trevino let him have it. I did. And I, I'm writing a Google review. I did. I wrote a review. Did you I, really? Yes. Because usually you ask me to write it. <laughs> well, no, but I, was, I, don't want, I don't want other people that don't know to have to pay. Yeah. Did you know that, Rick? That they would charge twelve hundred extra dollars all the time. Like I don't know anything about cars or, or, or anything. I mean, just across the board, I don't know anything. <laughs> but we get taken advantage of so often, and then we go and read the reviews afterwards, and we're like, "Oh, we would have all reviews." Yeah, had you read the reviews, you wouldn't have gone, right? Okay. In all fairness, now if we're going to talk about Google reviews. So I had the same. I should have read the Google reviews. Like Rick said, I should have read the Google reviews. I was like ordering stuff for the guest house and I was trying to not take forever to make a decision. Like you always accuse me of. And I was like, today I'm pulling the trigger. I'm ordering light fixtures, mirrors, bathroom fixtures, like everything. I'm knocking it out, getting tracking numbers. We're good. I found these light sconces, beautiful to go on either side of the mirror, ordered them, paid for credit card charged, no sconces, haven't heard anything. What do the reviews say? Well, so after the fact, when I was like, you know what? Like then I went and I looked up the website and their address says they're somewhere. And then I called the phone number on the website and it's out of order, but they say they're in New York, but the address is Ohio. And then I'm like, all right, this is starting to get sketched. This doesn't seem right. Well, turns out the Google reviews say it's like sketch and that it took forever to get product and like they never received their item and blah, blah, blah. So now I got to go through disputing it with the credit card company. No, and, but, but again, that, so Rick, that's why I did the review and I, I just put, if you want to pay over, over price on parts, then go to Frank's Automotives in New Braunfels, Texas on 46. <laughs> but, but I don't want other people to get to get caught like that. Yeah. That, that's different than, you know, just not liking something. And which, yeah. by the way, especially when it comes to movies, TV, podcasting, comedy, that's a subjective opinion. Right. That's, yes, a matter of opinion. A matter you of know, taste. 
and, and, and I always look at it as, you know, like, like my mom, for example, and I know she listens and watches, um, Miss <laughs> Dora, Miss Dora is like, Oh my God, you got to see this movie. And I love this movie uh-huh. and it's so funny and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, what movie is it? And she's like, Oh, it's Medea, Medea freaking gets out of prison or whatever. <laughs> And I just smile and, and I just go, oh, thanks, mom. And yeah. the reason I, I do that is because she enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I'm, I know I don't enjoy those movies. I don't think they're funny, but she does. And that's okay that she enjoys that. Yeah. And obviously, n- no, no. Um, People no, buy tickets. Yeah, nothing against Tyler Perry and the things that he does. There is obviously an audience for it. Yeah. So I don't think that audience is dumb. They just have a different sense of humor. So I don't, I don't then go, oh my God, it's art. You know, there are paintings that are worth millions of dollars. Uh-huh. And I look at them and go, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know why it's worth a million dollars, but it's worth a million dollars because somebody is willing to pay that. To pay that. And they yeah. like it. And that's their opinion. Yeah. Right? It's like houses for us. We are... Are the houses that we like are, are Spanish style. Yeah. And I like farmhouse. I do not. Right. Yeah. I don't like modern. I kind of do sometimes. Right. So, but it's all subjective because yeah. it is architecture is also art. Yeah. So I'm not going to sit there and shit on every house that's modern. Yeah. Because I don't like it. Yeah. I, I just move on. You know, Rick, Rick does TV. And I'm sure that there, there's a reason that Rick gets hired to do these TV shows because people are watching them. Yeah. They might not be for everybody, but somebody's watching them. So it always cracks me up when people, they go, oh, I didn't enjoy it. My brain cells got killed. I'm now going to tell everybody else that they're idiots because they listen to Stephen Captain Eve. Yeah. So I, I just think it's, I think there's a difference between Hey, let me do a review, a real review. Right. So that other people, when it comes to a, a business. Yeah. So that other people don't get. Or it's burned. always like, you know, they talk about the theater critic or the film critic is often like uh, the theater student that never made it, you know, didn't, didn't get a career on Broadway. So now they shit on the Broadway plays. Kind of the same idea. But it's a thousand percent. And that's what's so frustrating about the business that I'm in. Yeah. Right. The business that I'm in, there's people that have never told a joke. Yeah. There's people who have never been on stage yeah. to do stand up telling me what's funny. Right. There's people that that are the head of comedy places and they go, yeah, we don't want Steve Trevino's special. I don't think it's funny. Well, you've never been on stage. You have zero talent. And now somehow you're in charge of deciding who's funny and who's not funny. That's insane to me, you know? And, and as Rick will tell you, when you work on a TV show, oh my gosh, you have all these executives telling you what's good and what's not good. And they, they They haven't ever actually creatively produced something like gone through the motions of making it. So that's kind of the same thing with these reviewers, right? Like, okay, well, the, the entertainment writers. The, yeah, are the entertainment writers. But the fact that, that I, I don't have the time nor the energy to sit there and go, I didn't like, I'm just using an example, right? I didn't like Peaky Blinders. So now 
I'm also going to write a review to tell people I didn't like it. Yeah. Who cares? No. Did you say that out loud? I was going to say, I love Peaky Blinders. I love Blinders. Peaky Blinders too, but I was just trying <laughs> to think Peaky of... Peaky Blinders. I was trying to think of an example, right? Um, <laughs> like, you know, the, the, the Jonah Hill movie that's out right now, I've been wanting to, to watch it because... We started it, right? No, no, no. Oh, I'm thinking of... Oh, it just the came one out. we started. Okay. It's with Eddie Murphy. And I fucking love Eddie Murphy. He's a hero to me, right? Yeah. So I'm going to give it a shot because of Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Right? Um, but lately I've been seeing all these TikTok reviews and all these people reviewing it. And it's so interesting because half the people are like, oh my God, this is mind numbing. I gave it 15 minutes. It sucks. I can't yeah. watch it. Blah, 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 blah. And then... You know, there's other people that are like, oh, my God, I loved every second of it. It was so funny. Jonah Hill and, and this girl have great chemistry. But so you, you never know. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I, you know, that's why you learn to you learn to to see the comments and, and shake them off. Right. Yeah. You learn to go. All right. Whatever. I mean, it's like my 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 stand up relatable when it came out on Netflix at that time on Netflix, you could write a review and then you could star it. Well, I only had three reviews and all of them just shit on me. And it was heartbreaking. Yeah. Like truly heartbreaking. Yeah. Right? And I mean, I was like, oh my God, like my career's over. That's it. But I don't know. And I was just telling, um, I forget who I was talking to. Dave J, for example. I think I was talking to Dave J about you know, in the beginning, when you start off as a stand-up, you're you're so concerned if other comedians are going to think you're good. Yeah. Like you're so concerned, right? You you're, were. Oh yeah. When I first started, all I wanted was comedians to accept me as a comedian and to like what I do. Yeah. Right. And and the the opinions of other comedians held so much weight to me. That seems very unlike you. I was young, you know, and you're scared and this business is, is intimidating and hard. And, and, and then you, you, you get to the comedy store and there's all these guys that have been established who have been there forever. And, and it just, well, feels, that is such a, a fraternity and it, yeah, you feel really left out and you feel, and they don't want to talk to you and yeah. they don't, you know, and, and they're so judgy and you're like, Oh my God, are they going to like me? And then, and they make mean jokes. Yeah. <laughs> But I remember one of the times at the comedy store, and, and God rest his soul, um, Stephen Brody Stevens, who is a comics comic, very early on at the comedy store, he ended up in a complete argument with other comedians. And I remember him saying, I don't care what the fuck you think. What was the argument over? Do you remember? remember? The argument was this exactly. It was... I don't play to the, Stephen, bro, Stephen says, I play for the audience. I don't play for you fucks in the back. Yeah. I could care. You guys don't buy tickets. Yeah. The people in the audience are who I am trying to make laugh. I could care less if you laugh. I could care less if you like me. I am here to make the audience laugh because they're the ones that buy tickets. They're the ones that bought tickets. They're the ones that are here to have a good time. Yeah. Not you. And it was a huge argument. And then the other comics were like, oh, you don't want to be hacky and you don't want to be this. And Stephen Brody Stevens goes, if it's my thought, my idea, my joke, I don't give a fuck. I'm trying to make the audience laugh. And I remember, I remember that being kind of a, a moment for me where I was like, you know what? 
I feel that way too. Yeah. I, I also feel that way. And I also think that it's the audience that is most important. Yeah. I don't care if the, there's, you know, and, and by the way. I was going to say, it's, it's like who you've become. Like the tour, America's favorite husband. That's who you have become. But, but it's, it's, there are comics at the comedy store that only comics thought were great. And the sad Oh yeah, no, is, I remember being there late at night sometimes at the end of the night when all the audience was gone and I would be like, I don't get it. Like, why is, why are all these comics in the back standing and watching like, and think this is funny? I'm like, what? I what mean, it's this? funny like, because it's so dark and so off the wall and so fucking crazy. Um... So dark and so crazy. But like the guys in the back would get off on the fact that like the comic on stage made the audience feel uncomfortable. Right. All the time. And I'd be like, why am I here? Right. <laughs> so, you know, I got to the point where I was explaining to Dave J that, that hopefully he can learn that lesson before I did. Yeah. And to learn the lesson that who cares what comics think? Is the audience laughing? Are yeah. you having a good time? And then comics get in their head about, well, I don't want to do, you know. But it's hard at that level too because the comics are often the gatekeepers. Like yes. you do almost have to ru ru gain, ruin, gain or earn their approval because they're the promoters for Tuesday night at this place or Wednesday night at this other spot. And you know how I got their approval? Because I would kill. Yeah. Right? If you get to the point where the, you, you are literally making the audience laugh their heads off, they're going to start respecting you. Yeah. You know, because they go, well, fuck that guy. Kills. That got a reaction. But then yeah. it's so funny too, because then all of a sudden these comics go, Oh dude, you know, you, you do too many act outs. Well, can you do it? Right. They, you're, you get accused of the easy laugh, right? Oh, you're doing act outs. Well, you're going to tell Jim Carrey, one of the funniest people on planet earth, not to be exaggerated, right? Not to be, I mean, the act That is outs. his talent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God, dude. Jim Carrey used to do this joke where he goes, now let me go way back. And he would literally slam his head on the ground. He would, he would be standing on stage uh -huh. and then he would throw, he goes, you know what? Let me go way back. And then he would throw his body all the way to the stage physically. Uh -huh. And the audience would fucking die laughing. Yeah. You're going to tell Jim Carrey not to do that. He's hilarious. Yeah. You know, and I just, you, you, you get, you know, uh, you start worrying about, and, and I mean, that's life too, right? Like once you, once you get to a certain age and you go, I don't give a fuck what people think. Yeah. I don't care what my neighbors think. I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm going to do me. And that's such a great place to be in life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Great place to be in life. Anyway. In any career, not just comedy, like in anything. That's you what do. I mean in life. Yeah. Life in general, when you start going, I don't give a fuck. I don't care what you think. I don't care, you know, and, but, but I was also taught that, you know, very, very young, you know, my dad. Would say, that sounds very much like your father. No, oh, my, yeah. My yeah. dad would always say that like, Hey, you know, I don't care that, you know, and, and I would have a drink with my dad in high school and, and my dad would be like, I don't care what other people think. Yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, they're talking about you not realizing that their kid is doing hard drugs. Yeah. Hiding from their parents, you know. So it's the comedy world is is it's it's frustrating. And and even now like I don't I don't think I'm in that group. Yeah. But I think they respect me as a comic and what I've done, 
you yeah. know? And it does make me feel good when, like Dave J, for example, he's like, dude, people are like, oh my God, you're on the road with Steve Trevino. You know, that makes me feel good that other comics. Because it's boot camp? Because it's comedy boot camp. It is comedy boot camp. And, and my goal, uh, you know, other people, other headliners, theater acts, arena acts, they have long time opening acts. Yeah. Right? That have been opening up for them for five, ten years. Yeah. I don't want that. You know, I want Dave J to go on and become a star himself. Yeah. So my goal with Dave is is like you said, comedy boot camp where I'm constantly trying to help him get better. Yeah. You know, and a lot of headliners they go, Well, I'm comfortable my opening act's my opening act. I'm friends with my opening act. We have a routine and they will always be my opening act. And the sad part is that those guys, you know, I call it the stripper syndrome. Yeah. You know what I mean by that? You're making money. You're happy. You're content. Well, you're making money. You're starting to live a higher, a more expensive lifestyle. And now you can never quit stripping. (laughs) Because another job you cannot afford to live that lifestyle. Yeah. Right. So these opening acts, they get comfortable making that opening money. Yeah. They start living that lifestyle and they're not willing to go back and be poor again. And you have to be poor for a long time. As a beginning headliner. Steve Martin said it. That Steve Martin's got a great book that those of you that love stand up um, and love Steve Martin, he's got a book called Born Standing Up. It's Steve a, Martin's wrote, written a couple of books, hasn't he? I don't know. I, I know Born Stand. Rick, you got to read it, and and it's so great. But one of the things he said, he said, he said, I don't want to open for a thousand people. I rather headline for ten. Yeah. Well, he, the exercise of being on stage for forty-five minutes versus fifteen is like insane. Insane, and then in front of ten people, you're getting better, you're getting stronger. But he goes, at the end of the day, the headliner is the one that gets the credit. It doesn't matter how fun I, funny I am. Yeah. Then, and that's kind of my philosophy on the road. Dave J's hilarious. And I love that he's funny. And I love that people think he's funny. And I yeah. love that people go, you know, reach back out and go, who's your opening act? What's his name? Yeah. He was great. They got a solid I, show as I an audience that. member. I love it. I love that he's hilarious and that I have to go up there and, and follow him. But at the end of the day, who gets the credit? Me. Yeah. No matter how funny... I saw Steve Trevino. It was a great yeah. night. The ticket was worth the cost of admission. Yep. Have you ever been bumped? Have I ever been bumped? Not in a long time, but all the time before. Oh, my God. I've been bumped a million times from from Dave Chappelle to... Oh, and times, uh, when, times when we really... When you really needed the work. Like, we needed the money and the paycheck. And they'd be like, sorry, um, someone asked for this week. And guess what? We're going to give it oh, to Oh, no, but, but bumped... Yeah, yes, we're going to get to that, too bumped at the comedy store or the improv or, or um, the laugh factory where I was next to go up. And then all of a sudden Chris Rock walks in the door and goes straight to the DJ booth and wants to go up right now. And I'm like, fuck, you know, and, and the saddest part, um, I can't tell you how many times that I was bumped and somebody really important that I wanted to see me perform 
was in the audience. That's where, that's exactly where my brain went when you started telling that story is I remember so many times you were like, oh, such and such, there's going to be this showcase or there's going to be these people at the comedy store. I'm going to go get up and then you'll text me and you'll be, you know, I'd be at home and you would text me and you'd be like, fuck, I'm second from the end on the lineup. Or I was in the middle of the lineup and then these three dudes complained and said they weren't going after me. They couldn't follow me. And so now they're going in front of me and I've been bumped to the end of the show. Oftentimes it's so late at night that special guest is left left, because they're working the next day. Like, And, And by the way, anybody that ever did see me that could help me would help me. Yeah. You know, I ended up in a, in a deal with, um, David Arquette and Courtney Cox because David Arquette saw me and was like, oh my God, you're hilarious. We got to do something together. We almost ended up with a TV show on TBS um, with David Arquette and, and Courtney Cox. But yeah, man, I'd, I'd get bumped all the time. And then, and then there was, you know, when Renee and I were, were dating and not married and, and trying to pay the bills, um, Jimmy Fallon was about to get The Tonight Show so he wanted to go back on the road to do stand-up to practice his stand-up skills. He literally took every week I had. My entire schedule got got bumped for Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, because what club says no to Jimmy Fallon? Like, And then I'm the low man on the totem pole. Yeah. So they end up bumping me and moving me around. And I barely had any work. And... and, and you know, I forget, We, you know, at one point we were trying to work to get onto the Fallon show. And I'm like, I can't wait to tell that motherfucker that I almost didn't have a career. Yeah. He almost literally buried me that year uh, because he took all the work that I had. Yeah. You know, but I did survive and I did make it. And, and you know, Jimmy Fallon wasn't doing it. Um, oh, he had no clue. Maliciously. You know? right? No, he, he had no clue. His, he, he had no idea. He like just his called agent? his agent and said, look, yeah. I want... I want this many weeks. Give me dates. Yeah. And his agent calls the club and the improv's like, oh yeah, we yeah. got weeks. Here you go. And just, what's the easiest thing to do? Swipe out all of Steve Trevino's yep. dates, plug in Jimmy Fallon's. Yeah, like, we'll take Jimmy yeah. Fallon over Steve Trevino any day. Who cares? It was um, not intentional. So, I mean, to answer your question, Rick, I mean, gosh, a million times. And, and, and again, there were times when, oh my God, I needed the work. Yeah. You know, and, and so-and-so is working on a new special and they want to get in the clubs, boom, wipe out Steve Trevino's dates. Yeah. You know, and, and one of the most classy times that I got bumped was um, Hannibal Burris, who Hannibal and I had done um, new faces together in Montreal. So he is my peer, but he was already blowing up and, and I was just the guy. Well, he happened to be in the Bay Area. I happened to be in San Jose that weekend. Hannibal actually called me. Yeah. Hannibal called me and said, Hey man, um, I know they want to bump you. Why don't we just work together? You stay on the show. I'll make sure you get paid the same and we can work together. And I go, man, that would be, and I've never had an ego about opening or closing or hosting or I've never or sharing the stage in any way yeah yeah I'll share the stage with anybody and everybody I will follow anybody I will open for anybody I've never cared yeah you know and even now I don't care yeah you know people walk in my green room I'm like you want to go up go up I don't care yeah you know I was I was doing the Rick you want to go up Steve will let you up (laughs) 
I mean, I was at, I was doing the, um, the dirty at 1230 in Vegas and Joe Rogan and Joey Diaz walked in and, uh, Joe Rogan was like, Hey man, do you mind if I go up? And I go, I don't care, but you're going last. Yeah. How about you close it out? I was supposed to close it out for an hour. I'll do 25 minutes. You can have the rest. And Joe was like, okay, great. But I don't, I don't, I wasn't like mad at Joe. I wasn't like, oh crap, Joe Rogan came in and bumped me. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I still did my time. I sat back and I enjoyed watching. I remember watching uh, that show. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Joe and Joey Diaz did an amazing show and I don't care. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it is, it is sad that, you know, I, I have also not only that Rick, I have been booked on shows, big shows with other comedians and those other comedians have gone to the promoter and said, well, I don't want to work with Steve Trevino. Yeah. And they have completely kicked me off the lineup. That's been a long time since that's happened. Been a long time, but, but, but it still, it hurts my feelings because I would never take work away from someone. I would someone never like take yeah. work away from somebody. Yeah. You know, uh, if I end up on a show with somebody that I don't like, I'm not going to push my weight around to get that person off my show. Yeah. I would never do That's that. a lot of energy for like, not a good reason. Like you can even completely avoid someone, uh, you know, like, I don't know. I was, I'm always up to getting on stage with anybody and everybody. I don't care. Yeah. And, and I, and I, and I have no fear in my skill. I'm not insecure about my skills. I know that I'm funny. I know I do a good job and if I open our clothes or whatever, I know that I'm going to do a good job. So yeah. it doesn't matter, you know, but, but again, comics are so insecure and so afraid, you know, I, I mean, I did a show, uh, I was headlining a show in Melrose and Kevin Hart wanted to come and work out. So they come up to me and they go, Hey, this was Friday night. First show. We had two shows a night. I was headlining. Uh, Kevin Hart comes in and then Kevin goes, I'm going to close the show. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're fucking Kevin Hart. I don't care. Yeah. So I go up, I annihilate the room. Kevin goes up in between shows. Kevin comes up to me and goes, fuck you. You're going last. <laughs> He's like, I'm working on your material. You're going in there like a fucking monster yeah. trying to destroy. And I'm not fucking following you. Yeah. So I go, that's fine. Whatever. Well, that's, and, and I get that. Like that's hard I get when you're working on new material. You, you want the, you want to be able to work on new stuff and not feel self-conscious or that be in the back of your mind. Well, but, but at that time too, in my career, I was no Kevin Hart. I still am no Kevin Hart. I mean, yeah. we're the same height, but I'm no <laughs> Kevin Hart. So at that time I was like, Hey dude, I got lots to prove. Yeah. For like, sure. I'm over here trying to earn a career. Yeah. So I'm not going to go up there and fuck around. I'm not going to go up there and, and work on new material. I'm here to kill. Yeah. Because I'm at the Melrose Improv. People are here to watch. Right. They've I, let you perform on a weekend and it's not Taco Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to kill. You know, but even Kevin Hart was like, fuck you, dude. I ain't following you. Yeah. You do you in front of me or, or you do you after me. Yeah. I'm like, that's fine too. Yeah. I don't care. And then my people would be so scared at like the comedy store. You know, Chappelle would go up. Uh, this is when he was making his return. Chappelle would go up for an hour and all the comics were like, I ain't going up. I ain't following that. And I'd be like, I will. Got a captive audience. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Let's go. Yeah. And you always have to acknowledge what just happened. I would spend two or three minutes going, all right, well, I guess I'm following Dave Chappelle. Yeah, I'm not Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Hi. Sorry. You yeah. know, the legend just 
fucking came and, and did a show for you guys. And now yeah. you got me. So can we reset? You know, I, I kind of take a moment and then I earn them back and, and here we go. But I didn't care if it was Chris Rock or, or Robin Williams or Joe Rogan or, or it, Kevin Nealon or whoever the fuck. Yeah. I would follow him. Yeah. Dice Clay. Dice Clay would, he would bump us all the time and murder. I mean, Dice is, a lot of people don't realize how talented Dice Clay is. Yeah. God, the guy's talented. From voices to characters to stand-up. I mean, the guy is a very talented guy. And everybody, excuse me, everybody thinks of him as this filthy, the Dice man, uh-huh. you know. But they don't realize how good of a stand-up he is. Yeah. Same with Polly. You know, Polly Shore gets this rap of like... You think it's because they play sort of a caricature of themselves that they don't get... Yeah, and, and you know, Polly's such a, a, a silly dude uh-huh. and has always been the weasel and bro yeah. and, you know, and, and, you know, he always played the dumb guy in his movies. I, I don't think people give him credit and he's an amazing stand-up. Yeah. Amazing stand-up, crazy hard worker. You know, he's a pain in the ass, but I love Polly and yeah. I love watching Polly and Polly talking about... Um, you know, Pauly Shore in his 40s and he does this whole bit about it. And it's like, wow, man, what a what a great bit, you know. So I don't know. I don't know how we ended up here, but <laughs> Google reviews. <laughs> yeah, it all started with Google reviews. But we do have to give it up for Aztec Chevrolet. Yes. who's taking care of my transmission and charging me <laughs> fair. Uh, Steve will write you a good Google review. Yes. And they are charging me fair with good customer service. Also, our friends at Old Salt Coffee. Got to yes. thank them. And and. They are now going to be sponsors at Helicopters for Heroes. Oh, that's awesome. Everyone's going to be drinking old salt, old salt coffee. coffee. I they're, love it. Yep. And their mugs. Maybe we can get some mugs for the, because um, they're so good. I love these. Maybe we can get some of these for the vets. These are good mugs. Yes. I know Rick's going to be at Helicopters for Heroes. I understand. Yeah. Um, hanging out. We're also doing something really special with A&E. Uh, me and Bill Goldberg are going to be shooting a show. Can we talk about it? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's called, um, it's an intervention show, not an intervention show. It's about addiction uh, unplugged. It's called addiction unplugged. And it is about people who have fully recovered from addiction. So uh, Rick, I need to talk to you about that too. Um, because yeah, we were on a zoom with him a couple of weeks ago and I was like, wait, I know this guy. I've met him before. It took me a second to put the dots together that we met him with, through you. Yep. And, uh, so we're very excited to be doing that at helicopters for heroes. And then of course picked cherries, you know, please download the app. We finally got the patent, which is huge for us. But but now, if you if you guys haven't gone to Pick Cherries, you can go to Pick Cherries and you can listen to clips. There's like so many clips now of Steve and Captain Evil the podcast on there. If you you want to kill wanna, your like, brain cells? Yeah, go do we, it. We're happy to kill them for you. <laughs> in, in one minute clips at a time. Yeah, who needs crack? And Use then us. share it with your friends. <laughs> um, how was your weekend? You got to see Daddy Raymond. It was good. Um, my dad, because he's traveling to Houston, like MD Anderson and back, they just don't have the energy to travel more and come here like they used to. You know, I used to make jokes about them being here every other weekend, and they just haven't been able to do that. So I um, went to Rockport, and they came and stayed with the kids and I there, and dad and Garrett fished and we rode the golf cart and it's just a nice slower change of pace. I think, I think now while he's doing this, we're going to have to go back to You came home exhausted. 
You know what? It's not, I wasn't like, well, the kids and I all sleep in the same bed and Delilah's like this. So I don't sleep well. She ended up with a UTI. So I had to take her to minor emergency. Poor thing is like screaming and shaking every time she had to pee. But Delilah's one of those kids that like. She's emotionally draining. I'm not like tired. I am like, I have no more patience. She's either, she's either the best two year old you've ever seen in your life. And so articulate and so happy. Like when my brother and talking and, and tells you what she wants and she's just amazing. But then it's, it's the other extreme where, oh my God, where you're like this girl, is like terrible toddler to tantrum loses. Like you have shit. never seen. And it's not that she like throws herself on the floor. She just, well, actually I take that back. She doesn't throw herself on the floor. She pulls my hair like legit. Physical. She gets physical. My bun or will like slap you across the face. Uh, dude. It, and, and one of the biggest challenges of being a parent is not laughing. Oh no. When she pulls my hair or she slaps my face, there is no laughing. No, no, no. Here. But like she, I, I will discipline her because we don't spank our kids. I will discipline her. I will put her, and by the way, I'm not judging anybody else. We don't else spank our kids because with Garrett, we didn't have to. Delilah, like, we don't have, I'm not going to spank Delilah, but we discipline them. We, I put her on her bed and I go, you're not leaving your bed. And then it's the funniest thing because she will grab everything on that bed. The pillow. Yeah. She and throws throw things. it off. Yeah. Ugh, and, uh, and you're trying not to laugh because it's really cute, but because you have to get mad at her and you have to let her know that that's not okay. I don't think it's but, funny. I am like so I, I, I just, that's what it was. I came home and I was mentally exhausted. Cause I was like, I can be patient. The UTI, she can't help it. She's sick. I feel bad for her. Like it was just all the screaming of that. And then when she acts like also, a little turd, then I'm like, uh-uh. But I also think that, that the female energy doesn't help you. It's the female on, I have noticed that with Garrett, I don't have as much patience as you do. But I have more patience with Delilah. That's interesting. Yeah, I and think, you I think with that's the, probably accurate. You have more patience with Garrett, but you don't have more patience with Delilah. And Delilah, gosh, so yesterday she has to, she has a UTI, so we have to give her her medicine. And she's like, it's yucky. I'm not taking it. And I'm like, you have to take it. So I go, if you don't want to, I go, if you don't want to take it, you can't do anything else. She's like, my vagina's fine. My vagina doesn't hurt. <laughs> I put her on the bed. I said, you are not leaving this bed until you take your medicine. And when I tell you that she screamed and fought and yelled for an hour and a half. Till, till she, she passed, passed herself out to sleep. Even when she was passed out, she was like, I don't want it. It's yucky. <laughs> like she was falling asleep. But it was a hard battle. I had to stay patient. I... I, I thought you, it. I was like, I came out, I told Lori was here working yesterday. I said, I don't, I said, I don't know if that was the hat to hang your horse on or whatever the, whatever the saying is. I was like, I don't know if that, if her taking yucky medicine is like the battle to have, like maybe we set our but, foot down with something that's really about her behavior. But she wakes up from her nap and I look at her and I go, I know you don't want to take your medicine, but you're not leaving this bed until you take it. And she goes, okay, I'll take it. So she took it. We win. Later that night, it's time to we take We went her, to Peter Piper. Went to Peter Piper because <laughs> we had a freeze day in. And then later that evening, it was time to take it again. And I looked at her and I go, 
take it or we're going to the bed for discipline. It's just okay. And she took it. So it was like, sometimes you got to fight these battles and as, and, it, and it sucks. And there's an hour and a half where I'm just sitting on a chair yeah. watching this little girl lose her shit. Yeah. But, at, but at the end, we did it. Yeah. But I just, I keep telling myself, okay, this is the girl that screamed for three six-week sessions of swim survival classes. Most kids, by the time they're three weeks in, by the end of the first six-week session, for sure, they are over it. No, Delilah was three six-week sessions. Delilah has issues with hearing the word no, and I don't know where she got that from. (laughs) No, I just... I just think she is very strong-willed. And even Sherry Spar, the swim teacher, said that will serve her well somewhere in her life. Like, you don't want to crush that spirit. That is going to serve she's her well. a it's, thousand percent. It's just going to be really fucking hard she's to a, parent. She's a very strong little girl. And she will tell you what she wants, and she will make it clear what she doesn't want. Yeah. And that I admire about her is that she does not... And if she doesn't want to hug you, she isn't going to. Yep. I know somebody like that. Um, But my weekend, um, I did Arkansas for the first time. Yeah. First show in four years that didn't completely sell out. Yeah. But it was a great show. Great theater. Um, Romello in the green room because I don't know anybody in Arkansas. Yeah. Um, Had you ever been to Arkansas before? Long time ago, there was a comedy club in Little Rock that um the owner of the addison improv owned uh-huh. and they went and opened it and they needed me to go out there and be the host for a show uh-huh. so i had driven to little rock um 20 years ago or whatever it was does that club to, still exist do you i know? don't think so um we were in fort smith um arkansas and then that night there's a casino in oklahoma it's right on the border so uh-huh. the casino yeah um woke up and then drove to Tulsa. And I got to say, man, Tulsa. That show was in a casino. Yeah. So it was the same casino that me and you, uh, Brent and Danielle went to go visit. And you guys did the scavenger hunt. Remember you and Brent were like, y'all are boring. We're gonna, y'all are gambling. We'll go do a scavenger hunt. And then you guys did a fake scavenger hunt. You remember that? No. Yes. What was the scavenger hunt? What was I hunting? Y'all were making it up. <laughs> You guys were like, uh, sir. Clearly this was before I had children. You, you were like, sir, we need to do a, you, we need a picture of a mullet. We're doing a scavenger uh, hunt. Yes. Now I remember we were going around taking pictures. Yes. Of, of the, but, <laughs> but that casino is called River Spirit. And I got to say, that is one of the first casinos outside of Vegas that felt super nice. Yeah. It had a Jimmy Buffett theme, Margaritaville. Yeah. The theater was freaking amazing. We sold it out, 2,700 seats. And then the funny part is, so we're sitting down at the little bubble craps machine just hanging out, uh-huh. talking. And then the theater's right there. All these people at 4 o'clock with lawn chairs lined up to wait to get into my show. It was crazy. So where do they put their lawn chairs during the show? I don't do know. you like coat check your lawn chair? Yeah, I mean they had books. <laughs> like people were sitting there reading books. Like wait, like they were like tailgating. Does security say like that's normal for a show? That's what people do. Well, he he said that that if it's an if it's an act that people really want to see, uh-huh. then yes. But isn't it a theater with assigned seating? 
Yes, but you have to wait in line to get your tickets. So people start lining up early to get their tickets. It's a big theater. I mean, it's 2,700 yeah, seats. Yeah, well, yeah. So to have those people lined up. The green room was amazing. And, and I just, man, I get so um, humbled, I guess the word is. But you walk through the hallway and there's autographed guitars by George Strait and Twisted Sister. And there's pictures of, you know, um, uh, guys like Joe Coy. And I mean all these big, big names and I'm walking through the hallway and they're like, Steve, we're going to put your picture right here. And I'm like, why? That's cool. That's and, and, you cool. Know, and it's, it's just, it, it is, um, it, it just, it, it kind of freaks me out. I'm like, wow, like really? Yeah. Like I really feel like, that's how I feel. I feel like, really? Yeah. Are you sure you want to put my picture up with all these freaking awesome people? Like, that's cool. So, you know, it was really cool. They had, I had to sign all this stuff. Yeah. The green room was great. Um, Brent and Daniela came, you know, and they're, again, friend from high school. Yeah. Super classy guys. And, you know, um, we ended up getting to hang out all day and, and and just, you know, reconnecting with those guys. And I'm really proud of them. Um, they've already started the process. She is a, a veterinarian surgeon. So she has been working at OSU in Stillwater. Uh-huh. Now they're opening up their own practice. Wow. Which, and Brent's like, man, I want her to make lots of money. I'll be the maintenance man. It'll be perfect. I'll show up, make sure the light bulbs are working. You yeah. know. Um, so it was really great to hang out with them. And, and we also had some friends uh, of ours, because um, we're thinking about, and, and I don't know if we're there yet, but about doing my own whiskey. So we had um, our friends from Copper Sky Whiskey, which, by the way, give those guys a, a chance. They'll deliver it to you. Very, the bottle's very beautiful, too. The bottle's beautiful. Yeah, so the logo's beautiful. The it, bottle's beautiful. It, it was a great... Um, weekend and and uh, you know I'm really debating whether I should talk about it or not but I I think I am and I hope people don't think that I'm talking about it to be braggadocious Mm -hmm. but Dave J comes up to me and he says hey after the meet and greet there's a woman here who's very very emotional and she wants to meet you I said yeah you know of course well, this woman is probably in her late 60s. She was shaking um, because she has Parkinson's. And she comes and starts telling me her story. And a tree, her neighbor's tree fell on her roof. And the city is finding her every single day that she doesn't move the tree. Um, the college is trying to buy her home. And... You know, she's just with Parkinson's. She's like, my Parkinson's medicine is this much and never asked for money. Mm-hmm. She was just telling me the story, you know, and she said, I'm also a veteran. You know, she showed, I go, you don't have to show me your ID. Like, well, I had earlier that day, Daniela and I picked out a slot machine to kill time. Mm-hmm. I put a hundred in it and I hit 500 and I was like, Ooh, I'm going to take this 500 so that later tonight I can play craps. Yeah. Well, I had the voucher in my pocket. And I said, um, you know what? I said, I want you to have this. And I gave her the voucher and she just started bawling. And then I started crying. And then Mike, who owns um, Copper Sky, he then reached into his pocket and gave her every dollar he had in his pocket that he had planned to play craps with. Yeah. And gave it to her and and... She goes, you know, 
she was a friend of mine did it, had an extra ticket and said, Hey, you need a laugh. Yeah. And this guy's really funny. She said, I had been praying for help. She says, I had been praying to God for help. This ticket came to me for free. I came to the show. She said, afterwards, you said that you can come to me if you need help. If you're a veteran. Yeah. She goes, so I just wanted to tell you my story and God, me, I'm crying. Mike's crying. The security yeah. guard, the security guard's oh. crying. She's crying, you know, and, and we gave her the money and she said, this might be enough to get the tree removed from my house. Thank you. And you know, when stuff like that happens and you sit there and you go, man, I'm so blessed, you yeah. know, and, and so lucky to do what I do for a living. And if I don't yeah. have that money for craps tonight, that's okay. Yeah. You know, we just hopefully made this woman's life a little better. Just to just to give someone hope and feel like literally I mean, here this poor woman has a literal tree falling over, but the you know, to feel the weight of that to, I mean, to was, be able to offer her a little relief. And and the sincerity that she had. Yeah. And the you know, she just wanted to tell us her story. Yeah. You know, and she lost her husband and and you go, Man, this is this is a woman that could end up homeless. You know, she goes, the college keeps offering me money. But after the, she was, you know, it's my grandma's house. My grandma gave it to me. She goes, I grew up in that house. Yeah. She goes, so I was going to sell it and they had given me an offer, but then the tree fell on it. And that offer has now dropped considerably. She's like, and even if I take the offer now with the tree in there, I don't know if I can afford to go anywhere. Like, whew. Yeah. I mean, heavy duty. Yeah. Um, so I told her, I said, look, you know, there's a reason you got this ticket tonight. And if I can help you a little bit, then I hope it makes your life a little better. Yeah. You know, so um, beautiful. And then, of course, because I'm a fucking asshole and, and I only know how to deal with things joking uh-huh you know we what all an appropriate joke did you make well uh rick has to go no worries rick we're about to wrap it up um you know of course we're in the green room and and dugat and and all of them are like why is everybody crying what happened <laughs> and i go man we ended up giving up our you know our money to this woman poor girl i go but that bitch is gonna be at a slot machine <laughs> like, <laughs> joking around but anyway we love you guys so much and and thanks for for loving me and renee and, and letting us kill your brain cells and coming back every week for more we love you guys so much and we love what we do and we couldn't do it without you so uh steve for all upcoming tour dates we love you bye-bye